The City Life Supplement Podcast is made possible in part by the support of listeners just like you. If you like what you hear and you want to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit www.citylifesupplement.org backslash support. Chip off the block, a block off the park. She loves me hardly. Bend in the fence, at least. I can read most of the ads, dreamed in French, so far above me. Wasted on a layman, wasted on a layman, wasted on a layman, wasted on a layman. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the City Life Supplement. It is... January 26th, 2013. It's 8 p.m. and we are coming to you fake live from our new home, the Holiday Club. And to celebrate our move to a bar, we're dedicating this entire show to booze. Phil is already drunk. He's, he's on the slurry vocals tonight and the guitar. And Eric Laughlin is on the piano and bass. They can never figure out what to, they're our house band, but they have no idea what to call themselves. So tonight they are going by Pepperoni Kisses. Actually, it's my two dads. <laughs> I, I can see how those connect. I was hoping to find out Change why. Change your mind at the last minute. Yeah, okay. All right. Our acting company tonight uh, is Jack Birdwell, Mike Brunley, Billy Bryant, Heather Forsyth, Kim Lyle, Jack Miggins, Allison Tolman, Jennifer Ewell. Those are the actors. Give them a big round of applause. Chad, Chad Spear to my right here. His uh, mom let him come out and play with us again, so he'll be doing the live sounds and announcing Chad. Thanks, Mommy. Yeah, big round of applause for Chad's mom, please. And I'm, I'm Matt Lyle, of course. We're uh, very happy to welcome rock and roll outfit Orman Lang. Now, Orman Lang, thank you. Now, the thing about Orman Lang is they scare the hell out of me. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't mind telling you that. Now, we're going to learn a lesson right off the bat. So let's get started. Sing it if you know it. I forget a break in the clay. The day is wasted when you turn off your mind. I mind, by the way. Give us a chance. We'll fall on our own two feet. Because it's better to stay than worry away. Better to stay. It's, it's only 10.30, and this is so fun. <laughs> you two are so fun. We are pretty fun. <laughs> come on, come on. That's what these conventions are for, drinking with practical strangers. Come on. Josie? I'll have another one. That's my girl. <laughs> oh, fine. Me too. Uh, hey, guy, can I, uh, can I get another round, please? <laughs> I am seriously already drunk. Oh, please. Me too. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. I'm just like, I'm just... Like, totally wasted right now. <laughs> Tomorrow is going to be 
going to be the worst. What time is our first session again? Nine. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be useless. Me too. Yeah, me, me too. I'm, I'm just going to like probably just like sit mm-hmm. around yeah. for like the whole day. Yeah. Just because of like how uh, drunk I am tonight right now. Yeah. 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 Josie, you uh, you okay? Yeah, why? You're acting kind of weird. I am? Oh, I am. Yeah. Oh, because I'm I'm just I'm so drunk. <laughs> Are you? I I am. I I'm just plastered to the wall right now. I am like so blitzed. I'm like just totally like potatoed. <laughs> What? Did you eat? I didn't. No, I, I, I didn't eat any dinner, and then I've just, you know, I've, I've just, I've had all this alcohol, and now just look at me. I'm just, I'm, you know, I, oh, I just knocked that cup over. What? Because of how drunk I am. Are, are you pretending to be drunk right now? What? No. Why? That? What? You're the drunk one. Okay. <laughs> I'm. So, look at us, right? We're just like a couple of drunks, and we're just like fighting because we're both just drunk. Yeah, I don't think you're drunk. I am so. I am I am so and you're a bitch. <laughs> what? See what I mean drunk I am? No. Josie, uh, why are you pretending to be drunk? I'm not I'm not. I do you look see how slurry my words are? See them? Oh, I'm so slurry cuz Alan Trina I'm so drunk. Josie Oh my, oh my God, and now I have the hiccups because of the drinking, the alcohol. <gasps> Josie, come on. <gasps> Josie. Josie, not only are you not actually drunk, but you're faking it quite badly. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just so drunk. No, you're, you're not. I am. I, my head is like, you know, a balloon, and I can't walk on a line in the road, I you're bet. You're not drunk. I am so. Have you ever been drunk? What? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, def- definitely. Yes. Josie. Okay, fine. No, I'm not drunk, okay? I've, n- I've never been drunk, okay? Why would you lie about that? I don't know. You come to these things, and it's just, you know, what everybody does. It's like how you guys bond, and I really like hanging out with you guys. I just, I don't get drunk. This seems crazy. Look, <laughs> I lost, like, my entire group of girlfriends when we started college because I wasn't into the whole party scene. I mean, who wants to be drunk in a laundry room and get felt up by some guy with the shins playing in the other room? Sounds good to me. (laughs) You see? I mean, I'd rather just not lose any more friends over it. And it's fine. I mean, you know, whatever. People like drunks, then I, I can pretend to be one. But you drink. Well, sure, I drink. I'm not Mitt Romney. I mean, I just, I just don't think I'd like being drunk. Why do you think you wouldn't like being drunk? Have you ever actually hung out with a drunk person? Well, it's like spending your evening with a toddler, but one who could conceivably knock you over or accidentally out Alan to his parents. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you were drunk last year. No, I wasn't. I was faking it. But you're terrible at faking it. Yeah, but you guys got started an hour earlier than I did, so you didn't even notice. Oh, that's right, because last year you had to go up and call your sister who had just had a baby. Right, that's 
a thing that I did. Oh Wait. my God, she didn't have a baby, did she? I don't have a sister. Good God. You start lying and it's hard to stop. But last year you took your top off and got into the fountain in the lobby. Yeah, it kind of got away from me a little bit there. Look, Josie, this is silly. You don't have to pretend with us. We don't care if you get drunk or not. Yeah, right. Seriously, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you say that, but then you start getting all feeling all judged, you know, by your third round and things get weird. It won't get weird. Yes, it will. No, it won't. Josie, we're grown-ups. We can handle it. We aren't in college anymore. We will still hang out with you, even if you don't want to drink that much. Seriously? Oh my god, yes, this is ridiculous. Okay. 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 Well, cheers. Cheers! <laughs> so, do you guys have any heroin or. Not, that is not something that I would ask you. Or would I be happy if you had it? Because I do not do heroin or cocaine or meth nor am I a prostitute I like being drunk and I think I'm more charming when I'm drunk I should have drank tonight um so Just a quick show of hands. How many of you remember your dreams kind of on a regular basis? You got some of those dreams that you just kind of stick in there sometimes. And uh, how many of you had those? And mine, certainly, is like this alcohol-induced dream, crazy, insane thing that you think, I'm not ever telling anybody that. (laughs) Because they will think that I'm... Yes, they're hit too right there in the middle. Because they will be scared of me for the rest of our relationship. Uh, Well, one of our City Life... Cast members had that happen, and man, did he ever, and it was crazy enough and specific enough that it inspired us to see if any of the crazy shit he dreamed means anything. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jack Birdwell to the stage. Jack. Hello. Hey, Jack. So um, how long ago did this dream occur? Dude, it was about two months ago. Two months ago. Yeah, and yeah. do you remember what you were drinking? Uh... Well, it was a little of everything. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't trash can punch or anything. It was just kind of, you know, wine and beer and uh, vodka. All right. We'll talk after the show, Jack. Perhaps Jack has a problem. Um, perhaps not. Um, okay, so this inspired us uh, for a new game show here at the City Life Supplement called... Drunk Dream Believer! <laughs> Thanks, Eric. That's great. Great musical sting. Um, now let's also uh, welcome a couple of. Um, oh, actually, let's welcome a couple of audience members to the stage. We've got, uh, first of all, Zach Freeman. Could you come up for us? Yeah. Zach Freeman, give him a big round of applause. And and as well as uh, Christian Holtschlag. Holtschlag. First of all, Kristen. Um, once you get up to a mic here, uh, how do you pronounce your name? Holt Schlag. That was pretty freaking good. That was pretty good. All right. So uh, where are you from, Kristen? Uh, I'm from Michigan. Michigan. Woo, Michigan. Yeah, a lot of Michiganites. Uh, Zach, where are you from? Chicago. Chi- oh, yeah, right. Where are you from? <laughs> Nobody's from Chicago. 
Texas. Like, oh, te- oh, oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. All right. So you guys stand back for just a second. Thank you for playing with us. Uh, listen closely to Jack's dream, uh, and because we'll ask you some multiple choice questions about it. I'll explain in a second, but listen closely. Go for it, Jack. Okay. In my dream, uh, my wife and I find a portal that takes us to another dimension. Specifically, dimension C-4L7.1. It's very specific, yes. Mm -hmm, It is. Uh, We are in a field that is populated by strange birds. Uh, (laughs) Flamingo-duck hybrids called uh, dactyl flossum. They didn't sound like that at all. Uh, Turns turns out these birds are uh, sacred... And uh, we're, we're just in time for the Dactyl Flossum Festival. Uh, everyone forms a circle around the Dactyl Flossum nest, <laughs> and as the eggs hatch, uh, we, we gently usher <laughs> the action. scampering little Dactyl Flossum uh, like uh, back into their nest, and uh, we, we surround them and, and keep them warm. Sweet. Uh, and uh, at our nest, my wife and I uh, meet a man who looks like Sal from Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> he compliments our hands and notes that we would be very good piano players. But informs us that playing the piano is very different here in Dimension C-4L7.1. That's the dumbest thing we've ever done on any of our shows. But we went ahead and did it because it just proves that we do drink during rehearsal. Okay. So come on up, and it's the Boo Show. Um, you guys listen to the dream. Thank you very much, Jack, for sharing. Um, okay, what I've got is uh, multiple choice questions, all right? Each correct answer is worth five points. You are going to see if you can identify the meaning of the crazy, weird-ass symbols that were in Jack's dream. And uh, three questions, and then there's a fourth special round at the end. So are you ready? And there's correct answers? There, there are correct answers. Oh, I mean, okay. you know, I, it's a, <laughs> we'll see about that. All right. It's a good, you're a troublemaker. Right? Could we get somebody? Does anybody else want to play uh, in, in Zach's place? All right. J- here we go. Uh, question number one. Okay. Now, we also, we can't afford buzzers. Sorry. I forgot this. We can't afford buzzers, so you have to, you have to um, buzz in by... Uh, like you're awakening from a nightmare, like a night terror, okay? So, Kristen, try it first. No, it's going to have to be audible. It's a, it's a radio show. So, tr- try, it, try it one more time, all right? Ready? You've heard... That is brilliant. Don't be shy. Uh, Zach, give it a try. Oh, God, Night Terror. Okay, that was... I, I'm pretty... Li- I say things like you, tr- you try too hard, Zach. You try too hard. But you have to keep that the rest of the time. All right, so we've got it. You guys have got it. I'm going to read the question and all three possible answers. Once I'm done with the third one... If you think you got it, buzz in. If you miss it, though, the other person gets to pick from one of the other two answers and possibly steal the five points, okay? Are we ready? Let's do it. Number one, the presence of an alternate dimension in a dream symbolizes either A, experiencing a personal breakthrough in life, B, desiring to escape from your own reality, 
So Jack's life would be really bad. Think about it that way. Or C, leaping from life to life, putting right things that once went wrong. Ah, night terror. Okay, Zach. (laughs) So stupid. A. A. Is that right, Chad? Oh! How about escaping from some from his own terrible life? B. Exactly. B. Hey, very good. Okay. All right. So now we know a little bit more about Jack. Okay, number two. Dactyl Flossum. Those oddly named crazy sons of bitches symbolize either A, a unique understanding of romance and love, (laughs) B, uh, the beginnings of schizophrenia, or or C, confusion about how birds work. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Kristen? C, confusion about how birds work. That's clearly the joke question answer. <laughs> uh, but would you like to steal? Oh, I, that's what I would have said, too. Um, what, what are the first two? A, a unique understanding of romance and love or the beginnings of schizophrenia. A. Romance and love, Jack. Jack's a, Jack's a lover. Okay, one more question. Does the hatching of eggs in a dream symbolize A, the start of something new, B, the realization of goals, or C, the realization that you are about to poop your pants in your sleep. <laughs> oh, night terror. <laughs> Zach, you answer quickly on that one. Go for it. A. A, the start of something new. Oh. Oh. It's pooping your pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's clearly pooping your pants. Uh, so what do you think it is? I'm hoping it's B. B, <laughs> the yeah. realization of goals. Realization of goals. That is correct. Okay. So the score, score is 10 to 5. Kristen, you are in the lead going into our final question, which is worth 20 points, <laughs> rendering the first three questions irrelevant and a total waste of time. Number four. Are you ready? At the end of the dream, Jack and his wife meet a stranger who looks like Sal from Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Who compliments their hands, oddly enough, and discusses the piano. This uh, collection of bizarre images and scenarios most likely symbolizes A, an insightful version of yourself encourages you to connect with those around you in a quest for harmony, <laughs> piano. B, a dream guide, Sal, points out that your anxiety derives from needing to devote more time to your family. Or C, they did take care of those little birds. Think about that. (laughs) Or C, your inner gay man calls out your sexual obsession with 1979 Billy Joel. (laughs) Not the later Billy Joel. Way to go for it. Your Kristen. night terror is different every time. <laughs> like, we didn't set that as a rule. I, I hope she wins. There's a lot of bad blood going on here. All right. I'm going to go with A. The thing you said with A. Yeah! And the person we clearly wanted to win wins again. No, we didn't. I'm, saying, I'm playing with you, Zach. Hey, so... Um, so f- uh, you now, if you had won, 
you would we would have made a donation in your name to the American Liver Foundation, but you won, so we made a donation in your name or making a donation in your name to the Association for the Study of Liver Diseases. <laughs> Competing liver foundations. So congratulations, everybody. Kristen, Kristen, good work. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. You've done a fine, fine job. And now, uh, let's take a break here and uh, listen to our uh, band, Orman Lang. If you guys could come on up here, Orman Lang. Look, I'm working their way up here. Look at those tattoos. Give them a big round of applause. All right, do what you're going to do and introduce uh, your band. Okay, well, we got Dane on guitar here. My name's Kevin. I play bass, and this is Mike. We have Brett in the beard in the back. He plays drums, but he's, not tonight. He's playing the table in the back. Yeah, he's playing the table for us. I do that. I play table. <laughs> hey, so keep going. Keep going. Keep what you're doing. I'm going to ask you questions yeah. like, um, how long have you guys been playing together? Uh, three, four years. Three, something four like years. That. Cool. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there any other places besides here that we can see you play or hear? We have music? a show coming up on February twenty second at cool. uh, what is it Township uh-huh. in Logan Square. That's actually our album release show. Oh. We're putting out vinyl and uh, we're really excited about it. Stay Posse uh, Records is putting it out for us. They're actually here tonight too somewhere. Oh, but, shout uh, out to Stay Posse Records. But yeah, we're really excited about it. So come on out. Very good. Are you guys ready? I think so. Warm and light.
Thank you. Norman Lang. Thank you guys, thank you very much. Um, I was not high before I That's started playing. That's a lie, man. <laughs> Oddly enough, I'm stoned now. Thank you guys, that was awesome. Uh, now, uh, there's this show. It's uh, a soap opera. All the characters are hipsters. It's set in Wicker Park, our enemy neighborhood. Boo! Hooray! I hate Wicker Park. I love it. Except for the Levi's store. I have to go down there to buy pants. <laughs> Other than that, it sucks. Now, I have uh, never missed an episode, however, of this show. It's called As the World Sighs. And so let's all pretend like we're reluctant to listen. Previously on... As the world sighs. Justin, Dustin, Carlo, there's something I have to tell you. I'm pregnant. And all three of you are the biological father. And so is Satan. Excuse me, am I in the right place? Why, yes, honey. Welcome to the Wicker Park family doula. I'm Mabel. I believe we spoke over the phone. Uh, I'm Shay Farrington. I can see that you're in the family way. Hey, I am mega pregnant, lady. And now you're here to put a birth plan in place for your little one? <laughs> oh, it. it can't be that bad. Oh, but it is that bad. I was possessed by Satan while I slept with my boyfriend's best friend and his brother, and now all four of them are the father of my baby. That's unusual. Oh, and Justin hates me because I betrayed him. There, there. And Carlo's not around because he's on trial for Bryn's murder. Just let it all out. And Dustin left town after it came out that he was impersonating his twin brother, Justin, and we almost got married. Oh, my. Oh, and another thing, it's not quite so bad, but I am going to be a terrible mother. (laughs) Why do you say that, dear? Well, my father, Fairchild Farrington, raised my sister and I all by himself. Well, I mean, along with our house staff, led by Carson and Anna O'Brien, Mr. Bates, and Thomas the Schemer. But where was your mother? She died when I was a little girl. Daddy says it was because she voted for Dukakis. Ew. So, you see, I don't know anything about being a mother. Oh, all right. Everything will be all right. As your doula, it'll be my job to see you through this birth. My job my, will be your first priority as my job. Oh, oh that... <laughs> yours are so kind, Mabel. Nonsense, dear. It's about time someone showed you some kindness. Now, why don't we go in the office and we'll get your paperwork started. Okay. And maybe I'll... Killer with kindness. 
minutes later, Shay runs into her sister, Tasia. Shay, you're, what are you doing here practically on Western Avenue? <laughs> well, not that it's any of your business, Tasia, but I was meeting with a doula. Oh, how 2010 of you. Just leave me alone. Hey, so I thought you might like to know that I have a new boyfriend, and his name is Justin Hipsterman. What? My ex-boyfriend, Justin? Yeah, you know, we started hanging out after kickball practice, and one thing led to another, and you know, we smashed crotch. (gasps) He wants me to join Helvetica as the keytarist. I can't believe you. First, you tell Crazy Bryn about my affair with Carla, which gets me held at gunpoint and almost killed, and now this... The ironic heart wants what the ironic heart wants, Shay. You know he is only dating you to get back at me. (gasps) That's not true. Well, when we were going out, he said you were just a mainstreamer and a conformist trying too hard to be dick. You're just saying that? He said your drama was too much of a scene and your guitar playing was like listening to Hootie and the Blowfish. I only want to be with you. No one will ever love you because you have a black soul. You're just dead to me. No, it can't be. I'm not trying too hard. Or am I? Who is Tasia Farrington? Tune in later for the exciting conclusion of As the World Sighs. As the World sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and stay tuned next week for another installment of the City Life Supplement. The City Life Supplement podcast is made possible in part by the support of listeners just like you. If you like what you hear and you want to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit www.citylifesupplement.org backslash support. Now, it's been a hell of a month in Ravens Park. That is my neighborhood in the 51st Ward of Chicago. And if there is one quote that I think I am best known for originating, it's, times they are (laughs) a-changing. Either that or I have a dream, one of those two. But times they are a-changing is more appropriate right now. See, it's... It's truer than it's ever been. Just a few weeks ago, I got home from work. I walked up the three flights of stairs to my little apartment that I share with my beautiful wife, Kim, there, and our two cats, our fur kids, we call them. Our parents call them their grand uh, pets. That's the kind of household that we are dealing with here. So I sat for an hour or so. It was like any other day, and we're petting our cats, which is what I refer to as rubbing our pussies together. Kim doesn't like that joke either, so that's okay. It's all right. 
Then I, I got up and got a beer and asked if she wanted one. She paused. Huh, that's odd. It's not like her to hesitate for a split second before accepting a tasty alcoholic beverage. Anyway, I got us both a drink, and before sitting back down, I visited the restroom, which I do occasionally. And on the back of the toilet was two positive pregnancy tests anchoring a note that said, you're going to be a daddy of a human child. <laughs> you guys figured it out a lot faster than I did, let me tell you. It took, thank you, thank you. It took me like eight minutes to figure out exactly what was going on and what that note meant, which was four times longer than it took the stick that she peed on. I, I was dumbfounded, drooling. I had no idea what my name was. I'm looking back and forth from the pregnancy test to the note and rereading the test instructions that I had fished out of the trash to make sure that two lines meant positive and that positive meant pregnant because after, after a few high fives from early negative results in our relationship, I, I was perhaps a little confused on... on the nomenclature. I, mean, meanwhile, she was waiting outside the door, being totally freaked the fuck out by my silence inside. And I opened the door, and she said, Is that okay? It's the sweetest thing she's ever said. And then uh, we, I, we hugged, and we kissed, and we cried together like I cannot remember when. It was very, very okay, my friends. Okay, so that's the context. We've, we've been... We had sex, and then stuff happened afterwards, you know? So we've been married for 10 years. We've been married for 10, 10 years. We've always known that we wanted to have a child together, but we were never ready because we either didn't have enough money or we were too selfish or too scared. And of course, all of those things are still totally true. We have no money. We're way selfish and we are super, super scared. But here comes baby, ready or not. But it's okay because the first time I'm positive that we've, we've got enough love in our house in our hearts for one more person, and that trumps the rest of that stuff. So the thing that happens here, though, is that you find out, and you're happier than you are about anything ever, and then you can't tell anyone for 12 weeks. It is, it's torture, especially in the holidays, since we were invited to about five booze-soaked gatherings during that time, culminating, of course, with New Year's Eve. How does she turn down alcohol on New Year's Eve and not give something away, I ask you? Well, Kim thought about telling everyone she was on antibiotics, but then people suspect that that's a lie or their imaginations run wild trying to guess what disgusting, dripping infection you're fighting. Is it vagina-based, they think. That may just be me that thinks that way, but that's enough. That's enough. And, and, and I wanted her to tell people that she's not drinking because she's been pooping weird lately. But she was not into that for some reason. There are no follow-up questions to that statement, but she didn't want to do it, so we decided to go with her pretending to drink cloak and dagger. I mean, we figured that we'd have to spend the next 18 years pretending not to do things for the kids' sake, so we should just go ahead and start living a lie now. So... 
it's, it, it's clever what we did. She picked a dark bottle of beer and then would surreptitiously pour it out and fill it up with water and then drink away. So in the first gathering doing this, she was nervous, uh, all fumbly, speaking too loudly. I like beer. Oh, this beer is good. She doesn't sound like that, but sometimes she does. By New Year's Eve, <laughs> she was a fake drinking ninja, my friends. She was cool. She was commenting on the hoppiness of the brew. Mmm, daisy cutter. I get hints of fresh cut grass. It was water, but she said that. Hints of fresh cut grass. She was enjoying her deception. <laughs> Until late in the evening, of course, when I was standing watch while she poured a revolution porter down the kitchen sink. I was drunk since I was matching her beer for water beer. <laughs> Pregnant wife equals designated driver. No rock, paper, scissors necessary. And then one of our friends started down the hall, and I turned to my wife, and, and taking my job of lookout way too seriously, I yelled, Abort! Abort! <laughs> You guys figured that out a lot faster than I did. I, <laughs> that is apparently not the right thing to yell at your newly pregnant wife. So she, she immediately started violently sobbing, and she knew that I, and she knew that I wasn't like trying to make it happen, like, like scaring the hiccups out of someone. I, that's not what it was. Like. And then, you know, no, she knew that wasn't the case, but still, sloppy tears. And she runs past me and a couple of people down the hall and into the restroom, slams the door with me right behind her, and I sheepishly turned to my friends and said, she's been pooping weird lately. <laughs> they, they nodded, empathizing. They'd been there, it seems. So we've already begun sacrificing for that little life in there. It's the size of a lime, and we're already giving stuff up. But that's okay. She's sacrificing nine months of buzzes and carrying what I understand to be the brunt of the physical burden. <laughs> mean, meanwhile, I've sacrificed being able to predict her emotional swings. So there's that. And I know, I know that our worries they're going to multiply exponentially for the rest of our lives. I understand that, but that is okay. I, I already know it's worth it. There's no doubt in my mind, and not just for all the my boys can swim jokes that I can make when I can finally tell people, because they can swim, Phil. That's nice. <laughs> it's fun. It's Way funny. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. It's funny. The life I remember living before falling in love with her seems now like it was someone else's life entirely. I feel another shift like that coming on. I'm telling you, it's like we've been on this nice beach for a long time and we really like where we are, but now we've noticed that the waves have receded in front of us and we can tell that a tsunami is coming, but we just kind of have to widen our stance and brace to try and catch it and eventually diaper it. <laughs> and that's the story here in Ravens Park where we may just have a third floor rental, but someone somehow will manage to make it a home. Thank you. Bill and Eric. Street, 
friends are procreating and maybe we do have something to offer the next generation we're getting better Matt better and better dads, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, here, here to tell us, I think, a heartwarming story, please welcome Maggie, Margie, and Dot, the beautiful Prisbalewski sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, beautiful! Hey. Oh. Hey. Matthew, you flirt. Oh, yeah, this is coming from the guy with the perfect tush. Right? I do. Yeah. You know, sure. I could need those buns of yours all night yeah. long. All night long. Yeah. Okay. All night. All right. Like the sun. Yeah. You guys are in a weird mood. <laughs> your face is, is pointy, but your tush is round. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right, Dot. His profile is too angular by half. He looks like that cartoon, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> they made that cartoon? Nobody yeah. remembers They Doug. do. Do they you really ladies have a heartwarming story to t about alcohol to tell ah, us, please? Oh, that's right, Matthew, we do. It's very, very heartwarming. Okay, now our dear, wonderful, sainted mother. The woman is a true gift to this world. And she's a thief. A filthy thief and a drunk. Oh, we are, but we love her. We do, the crazy bitch. The bitch is crazy. Yes. <laughs> she's crazy. Mm. What does she steal, guys? What does she steal? Ah. Dot's wallet. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, she took her cash, her jewel rewards plus card. I need those savings. She does. Yeah, Dot is a poor person. Mm -hmm. I sleep on an old bag of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, Matthew. It's true. That's weird. So, we're over at Whispering Pines Retirement Center to bring our mama her smokes and her anchovies and have a nice visit. Yeah, and she's all like... Wow. Because uh, huh? she can't hear a blessed word we're saying. Yeah, but she's not using the N-word. And that's all we ask. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we ask. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we leave. 
and Dot gets lost on the way home. I keep a card in my wallet with my address on it. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So I can remember it. Right, right. So we finally find Dot wander in the streets in Andersonville. Lots of lesbians there. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right, Dot, and older established homosexual men. I couldn't tell them apart. I know. There's so many turtleneck sweaters. Yeah. So anyway, so we check Dot's statement on her credit card. It's been maxed out. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Oh. oh, that's right, Dot. That's very dramatic. Good job. Yeah. So anyway, there is only one 89-year-old dear, sweet... Racist. Racist thief <laughs> that could have guessed Dot's pin. One, two, three, four. Right, Dot, right. <laughs> so we go back to Whispering Pines. I'm out for blood. That's right. Dot is livid. She's frothing at the mouth. Yeah, she hadn't even eaten any strawberries. Mm -hmm. I'm allergic to strawberries. That's right. No strawberries. No strawberries. So, we get there. And nobody's there. No one's in their rooms. Deserted. It's creepy as heck, Matthew, let me tell you. Mm. And then we hear something. Old people music. <laughs> Mel Torme, drifting down the hallway. From the rec room. A man died there playing ping pong. Several men, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, it's the Dr. Kevorkian in a novelty table game. Anyway, so... We crept down the long hallway. And threw open the doors. And walked right into the middle of a drunken old folks' home orgy. A sex orgy! Oh, no. It was the slowest orgy I've ever seen. That's right, Dot. It was slow and deliberate. A very careful, very careful orgy. But still, hips were breaking left and right. The liquor flowed like wine. These old people were drunk. And butt-ass naked, oh, Matthew. No. Oh, God, the gravity, oh, the gravity. I'll tell you, the sheer amount of scrotal skin in this room, Matthew. Oh, no. I mean... It, it had to be a world record. Oh. Somebody call Guinness. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I know that time ravages us all. I haven't seen myself naked in 19 years. Yeah. 1976. No, Dot. Anyway, well, I have the decency to wear an oversized t-shirt during my lovemaking sessions with Harold. Right, me too. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. People of any age or persuasion should be able to enjoy the physical expression of love. It's really a beautiful and natural thing. Yeah, but still, it, it was like a wax museum exhibit of the scene from Eyes Wide Shut. Only it was melting. <laughs> Everything was wrinkled. I couldn't tell who was circumcised and who wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's right, Dot. A fold is a fold is a fold. Oh. All right, well, I think we get the picture, ladies. It's enough of the... Uh, and uh. there was our mother in the okay. middle of it all, the ringleader, mm. having bankrolled the whole thing with Dot's Discover card. Standing on a table, an empty bottle of Jack in one hand. And a broken leg of a chair in the other. Orchestrating the whole thing like some geriatric marquee decide. Oh, it was so <laughs> terrible. It was demented. It was our, our mama. mama. Oh, she was in her element. Oh, it seemed so natural. And the people, they were happy. Mm -hmm. Happiness is so fleeting. Oh, that's right, Dot. Everyone should have a chance to love and be loved. That's right. No matter how gross I think it is. <laughs> yeah. well. So, 
We backed from the room. And let them have their drunken, joyful, disgusting fun. <laughs> we haven't seen Mama that happy in years. And we haven't said a word about it since, except to you, Matthew. Oh, and your tens of listeners. That's true. <laughs> With that, and you know, you know, I didn't think that you were headed towards a heartwarming story, ladies, but there it is. The beautiful Prisbalewski sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Allison Tolman, if you can come up here. Uh, Mike, and if the weirdest guy in the room can come up too. Oh, hey, hey he did he it. Mike Brunlieb. There he is. Mike Brunlieb. Let's do some misconnections. Yeah. Hey, guys. So we're going to read some misconnections. If you're not familiar, misconnections are a section of Craigslist. It's an online uh, bulletin board where you can post an ad and find your lost loved one. Yeah. You know. See somebody on the the bus. The redhead on the train. Yeah. I read them all the time. Um, So we're going to read a few here. Um, This first one, I really was drawn to because it's from June of 1983. Whoa. And the location is a Journey concert. No way. Like you do. Prime Journey. That's like Steve Perry, like original. Yeah, Prime Journey. Okay. Let's hear it. Um... This is a long-distance misconnection. I first fell in love when I was nine years old. My degenerate uncle thought it would be a good idea to take his nine-year-old nephew to a Journey concert in Detroit. Journey's really not that bad. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's heard rock music recently. <laughs> and then there she was, sitting a row in front of us, a beautiful older woman, quite possibly 11. He's being cute here, do you see? <laughs> this part's weird. Smoking a tiny cigarette that my uncle told me you can't buy in stores. What? I know. It's an 11-year-old smoking weed. Very strange. And That's then he says, the point, man. <laughs> and he says, I just knew open arms was about the both of us. It was my first realization that love exists. So if you happen to have gone to that Journey concert at Joe Louis Arena almost 30 years ago and fell in love with a young, handsome kid with buck teeth, since fixed... <laughs> Yes. Please message me. God, that, like, that was so sweet. It is kind of sweet. Isn't that yeah. a kind of weird story? I, I wonder if this person has had any relationships since then. <laughs> oh, like he's been in love with the 11 yeah. year Why did he wait so long? I don't know. I bet his marriage just ended or something, and he's like, you know, yeah. if I'd married <laughs> that 11-year-old girl. She could have been the one. She could have been the one. Yeah, but he's still thinking of her as an 11-year-old. Dude. Oh, Phil. Let's... I'll just be back here. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Gross. Okay. This one, this one um, is, is pretty short, but I thought it was funny. It's from uh, the California Pizza, Ki- Pizza Kitchen in Arlington Heights. And it just says, You are blonde, lithe, and working takeout orders. <laughs> I don't know. He wants her to call him, I guess. I thought that was nice. This one's a little bit naughty, but I but I like it because it made me giggle. Um, you, the letter, equals sign, the symbol. You, short-haired blonde, blue shorts and a gray shirt running at the gym. You're hot. Your ass is perfect, and I want to lick every part of your body, parentheses, especially below your waist. <laughs> Like, in a sexual way is what I mean. Maybe. You don't know that. 
But he says, okay, I want to lick every part of your body, especially below your waist. And then he says, if you let me and reciprocate. Is that in parentheses too? No, that's like part of the real sentence. And then he just says, you gave me a boner and I had to stop running. What gym is this? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. I wasn't running. Okay, this one's pretty bizarre. Um, the title is Son Needs to Marry Soon. Mm. And it's, it's written in all capitals, so I want you to sure imagine is. that it's like yelling at your eyeballs as you read it, okay? <laughs> yeah. My son is a teen, but he knows the full story about me and his mom. I was arranged to my wife at age 16, and she was 40 when we got married. What? I smell Nothing something weird about that. Now my son wants to follow in my footsteps. Are you sure? So if you're an older lady looking for a younger husband, then reply to this post. Do you want to know where it is? You're not going to marry this... No, Billy. No, (laughs) ma'am. You don't meet the parameters. Whatever meet the parameters means. We'll talk later. Okay, um... It says, this is all legal with my parental consent, but parental is spelled incorrectly. I thought... When I read it, I thought it said prenatal. It doesn't make any sense. Um, If you're interested in starting talking, please, PLZ, include your name, age, and location with a recent picture. I will send his pic if I think this will work. I will send his pic. Jesus. (laughs) I don't understand. Do you think that's, like, legit? I mean, I can't believe that that would be... What they say when you wrote in. Oh, stop it, Phil. (laughs) on fire. I should follow up with some of these. I mean, that just like it feels kind of human slavery to me. I don't know. Yeah, like, but we've celebrated it now long. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's funny. It's fine. Okay, I'm gonna read one more here. All right, um, this one I just I mean I don't know I had to put it in because it's awesome. In the West Burbs, anybody? Forty-four year old male looking for a complete post-op female. <laughs> Always wondered what a post-op tranny was like. I don't want no chicks with dicks. No offense. None taken. (laughs) Like, I just imagine a chick with dick, like, reading this being like, well, I'm offended. (laughs) Where will I find love? If you've completed the whole surgery and you're looking for a man, shoot me a message. I am very interested. Picture for picture only will get a response. Hmm. Do you think he wants a headshot or? <laughs> what is weird about that one? Especially below the waist. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How did you? How did you? How did it go when you wrote in for that one, Matt? <laughs> Bill wasn't gonna do it. That's all I got. That's all I got this week. Ladies and gentlemen, misconnections. 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 All right, we're about to go to intermission. Intermission, before we do, I'd like to say that this season of the City Life Supplement show and podcast is brought to you by the generous support of the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, as well as listeners like you. We've got 10 minutes, so smoke them if you got them. Big poo if you have to. (laughs) Pee pee potty. All right, thank you guys. Be back 10.
The second, the second act is brought to you by Transistor Chicago. Equal parts art gallery, bookstore, record shop, specialty audio electronics boutique, and so much more. Check out www.transistorchicago.com. And the show is recorded tonight on microphones from Cam Instruments, a local Chicago company focused on innovative designs, contributing to the advancement of modern music with simple and accessible products at prices as good as they sound. Find out more at kaminstruments.com. Now... Now, we like to help others because we are the kind of celebrities that are nice to the little people. We're not celebrities. You knew that already. So we asked some of our listeners to send in questions or problems that they are having. And that's right, a City Life advice column. Okay, let's read the first of these letters. Dear City Life, my boyfriend of three months and I are very happy, and I definitely see a future with this man. There's just one problem. He won't even consider introducing me to his parents. He has met mine, but they live in the same town as us. His are coming for a visit next month, but whenever I touch on the issue of having a meal together, he changes the subject. What does this mean? Should I be worried? Love, concerned in Cincinnati. Okay. Let me think now. Who is best Matt. equipped? Yeah, Matt. Phil? I got an idea. All right. Go for it, Phil. If you have a problem or you're in a funk The only way to fix it is to ask a drunk Drunk mom flirting with her 18-year-old son's friend From the swim team, from the swim team Ask the drunk, ask a drunk, ask a drunk, ask a drunk Dear Concerned Cincinnati Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Come talk to me Come talk to me. Oh my goodness, you've gotten tall. You've gotten so tall. Did you want a beer? If you kids are going to drink, I think you should do it here. I, I'm sure your mother would... And you can always sleep here. We have a guest room, and it's pretty comfortable. I sleep in there sometimes because... Jake's father snores and is boring. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You do. It's a really nice mattress. It has a lot of bounce. <laughs> and it's a queen, so do you want another beer? I have a piercing. Guess where it's set? It's not in my ears. (laughs) Sincerely, drunk mom flirting with her son's 18-year-old friend from the swim team. Andrew. Drunk. Well. (laughs) That was not helpful. Sorry, lady. Um, Now, at this point in the show, I'd like to welcome a friend of the city life, an old friend, to the stage. Many of you might recognize Hans Fakiyama. The 
All right. Yeah! Settle down, Phil. The famed, the famed ele- yeah! elementary school assembly singer who has recently found himself again in some hot water. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hans Fucky Yama to the stage. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Cigarette. That is okay. Please, Phil, knock it off. Jesus Christ, Phil. Sorry, Phil. Phil. Phil's uh, actually uh, my biggest fan. He, uh, yeah. yeah, he he let me sleep on his porch this summer. <laughs> it was awesome. It was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Um, how are things, Hansy? Hansy is his nickname. Hansy, what's up? Well, Matt, audience. Mm-hmm. Cast members, I apologize for my language, but things really stink right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why is that, Hansy? Well, I had this new gig. Uh It was great. It was working with the uh, Chicago chapter of D.A.R.E., Uh teaching kids about drug and alcohol safety, and the job was going great, just swimmingly. And then I had my first day, and I got fired. (laughs) Your first day? You got fired on your first day. What for? Dilly darned if I know Matthew. Oh, man. I had some solid grade A handsy material. I was uh-huh. finally going to get handsy with the kids again, and they plucked that apple right out of my mouth. All right. Well, well, what, what was it? Was it the songs? What was the matter with the songs? They say it was objectionable content, but. All right. Well, do you want to do you want to play a couple here for us? Let us be the judge. See if they're Andy! objectionable. Phil, please. I would I would love that, Matthew. Let me just right. grab the old hatchet. Hatchet. Oh, I see. Hatchet. It's like. So this first tune, um, this first tune is about one of the uh, dangers of alcohol. Mm. This song is called "When You're Sober." When you're sober. <clears throat> mm. She looks so good on the dance floor. Your mind is cloudy with liquor Her gaze is strong and your cheeks are red You lucky dog, now she's in your bed But What does she look like when you're sober? Maybe you just shouldn't bone her Have your buddy check her out Before you make her your new mounts Cause she might be a troll And she might be a trout She might look like something A hobo threw out Tonight She's a princess Tomorrow not so much I think you misunderstood because I wanted you to play one of the songs they found objectionable. That was one of them, Matt. What the hell? That was one of their songs. That one? Yeah. Well, they had a great message for guys, and it had a good message for women, too, I think. I'm glad you picked up on that message for women. If you are ugly, do not sleep with a drunk man. Mm. I could not have said that better myself, my friend. Actually, actually, fun fact, little acoustic unplugged session here um that song is based in part on a true story Ooh, really of a, of a quite brief encounter i had with a woman named dixie normus mm. um who turned out to be less of a woman than i thought she was Ooh, yeah, yeah yeah i really thought it was a real column a or column b situation <laughs> yeah, but not necessarily yeah yeah there's some gray area yeah actually interestingly enough that was the name of the bar i was in the gray area 
perhaps that explains it. All right. <clears throat> what, what else do you have? Any other songs? All Something? right, all right. So this is a song those ninny muggins had a problem mm. with. I think that this is a very important song for every girl about to break out of that cocoon and blossom into a butterfly of a woman. This song is right. called uh, TFOB. Uh, kids call it T-Fob. 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 There we go. You got your makeup on and your heels are large You're in a tight new dress and your cell phone's charged You're ready for a night of youthful fun But one thing you shouldn't forget Don't forget your tampon full of booze Not your tampon full of booze You'll stuff it up and the night's begun You'll get super drunk and have way more fun Than your sober friends Or your even remotely responsible friends No, your breath won't smell There's nothing to lose with a tampon full of booze No, a breathalyzer will not work on you It's a tampon full of booze They didn't. They didn't like that one either. Yeah. No. What the hell? I know. Now I, I think that was it. great. I think kids should learn about an alternative use of a much maligned hygiene product. I agree. I entirely agree. The only problem is guys don't have vaginas. Oh, that is so <laughs> big true. problem. That is a big problem. The good news is I'm working on a song about vodka enemas. It's called <laughs> Butt Chug. Well, please don't play that one. <laughs> All right, now what's next? What's next? All right, this is a song uh, those mother foxes at mm-hmm. the Chicago Dare did not like. I could not tell you why. I think it's a yeah. very important. It's a cautionary tale. This song is called Be Careful. Be Careful. Be Careful. You just need to be all careful. You. Be careful. Everybody, be careful. <laughs> Be careful with pictures of your genitals They don't always go to who you want them to A drunken thumb can slip and send a pic to mom More often than you'd like it to So keep your charming penis pics Or your snatch snaps to yourself your drunken mind might send it somewhere you 65% regret alright I think it's your problem there buddy don't clap that I think Hansy, I think I see your problem, buddy. Uh, that was your mom that you're singing about. Oh, you bet it was. Okay, so you're going to need to raise your percentage of regret into the high 80s at least. No, no, it, it's, it's pretty much set in stone at 65%, I think. Set in stone. Could you, I'm not going to get you to come off of that 65%. Oh, no, you could. What? You could get me to come off... Six, I mean, you couldn't get me to come off of 65% with my mom. No. Hansy, put me on, ladies and gentlemen. That's a weird dismount. Weird. Weird dismount. I think we've got another uh, letter. I think we've got another letter here. Dear City Life Supplement, I have a problem. 
I'm 15 and my mom is always bugging me to turn off the computer and go do something with my friends. She doesn't get that my generation is this way to be social. How can I get her to get off my back and accept that I'm never going to go off and be prom king or something? From Gamer in Albuquerque. If you have a problem and you're in a funk The only way to fix it is to ask a drunk Drunk Republican that thinks he's a libertarian Ask a drunk, ask a drunk, ask a drunk, ask a drunk, ask a drunk Dear Gamer and Albuquerque Listen, I think John McCain is a great man but I thought that Bill Clinton was a great man, too. To a point. I'm equal. I'm, you know, I believe in equality. I believe that the government should leave me alone to make my own decisions. And Obama, you know, he's done a lot. And he's come a long way from where he started and all. Overcome great obstacles. And, you know, I admire that. I do. And I... But I believe in the Constitution, C-O-N-S-T-I. You don't need me to finish it. You know how that goes. I just think that things should be fair for everyone, for the blacks too, and for the whites. <laughs> Sincerely, a drunk Republican who thinks he's a librarian. <laughs> Whatever, sissy life supplement. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and stay tuned next week for another installment of the City Life Supplement. The City Life Supplement podcast is made possible in part by the support of listeners just like you. If you like what you hear and you want to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit www.citylifesupplement.org backslash support. Orman Lang, if we can see you guys again. If-
Norman Lang. Give it up for him. I wanted to have funky six to that one. The last beer on earth had been a part of a 24-pack, also known as a case, found in the refrigerator of an excavated summer cottage in Saskatchewan in the year 2053 A.D. In spite of the gravity of the find, it took some time to make the discovery public. Claims of beer sightings were all too common, and scientists required a fortnight to confirm that it wasn't just another hoax. Even once authenticity was determined, it took another five months and considerable troop build-up along the border while ownership of the beer was settled. The Canadians were firm in declaring the beer was theirs. Since it was brewed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, title was also claimed by the Americans. The last beer on earth was displayed in a darkened gallery atop an aluminium alloy altar lit by a single beam of light. The altar had been built to hold the entire case of beer, but the other 23 cans mysteriously disappeared the night before it was to be unveiled, and along with them, the altar's famous designer. Monsieur Laramou was discovered dead in a Belgium hotel room a week later. The 23 empty beer cans arranged to spell a crude Syrian word next to his bullet-ridden body. The gallery the last beer on earth was housed in, once a warehouse, had been designed pragmatically and in consideration of the thousands of pilgrims that filed through each day. Antiseptic wipes and bandages were available near the gallery entrance for those who had made the pilgrimage on their knees. And tissue dispensers for the weeping had been placed along the path past the altar. Sniper nests were hidden in the shadowed catwalks near the ceiling, and a sloped floor and drains around the altar's base made it easy to clean up the blood for those who somehow managed to get past the laser beams. The room temperature was carefully maintained at an exact 47 degrees. In the streets outside the gallery, peddlers hawked beer-inspired trinkets, artifacts, and crude replicas of the can. Common items include amulets made of bottle caps and bracelets made of pop-top tabs, all purchased by those hoping to be blessed by the magical powers that beer legendarily bestowed. The tents hope to relax the meek hope to become brave, and those with shy bladders hope to urinate on dumpsters after sporting events. <laughs> the most sought-after talisman were spectacles, ground from the glass of ancient beer bottles, and which were said, when looked through, to make even the plainest of prospective mates more fuckable. <laughs> Empirical evidence indicates that in the year 2126 AD, a man stepped forward to claim the last beer on earth as his birthright. After decades of contentious battles in the courts and genetic laboratories, it was determined conclusively that the man was a legitimate descendant of the beer's original owner and that the beer was his to do with what he would. And so it was that on March 1st, 2153, exactly one century after the last beer on Earth's discovery, Emilio passed. His body, weakened by age and assassination attempts, was wheeled by his bodyguards through the narrow path on the throng, which stood shoulder to shoulder in the gallery. 
When he came to rest in front of the altar, the harpsichord ceased its playing, and a hush fell over the assembly, among whom were numerous world dignitaries, radio contest winners, and a descendant of the archaeologist who originally discovered the beer. The narrative continues that with a nod from the gallery's director, the head guard, a single tear running down his cheek, took a key from the chain round his neck, inserted it into a metal box, and powered off the laser beams surrounding the altar. When one of his bodyguards made as to retrieve the beer for him, Emilio Pabst waved him off, and with surprising vigour and no assistance, stood from his wheelchair. Many boast that it was their ancestor who was the first to whisper the word Chuck that day. While that identity remains a mystery, it is accepted as fact that the current chant was taken up by the entire crowd. A whispered chorus at first. It built like a steam locomotive, gaining speed. Taking power from the chant, Emilio Pat strode to the altar, grasped the last beer on earth, and with a hand guided by his ancestors, punched a hole in the base of the can with his car keys. Stopping the flow of beer with his thumb, he raised the can high over his head to salute to the masses, brought the can close to his lips, and then... Hands still raised above his head in triumph, Emilio Pab's lifeless body fell next to the drain can where just a second earlier he had thrown it to the ground. <laughs> Toxicology tests determined there wasn't a trace of poison in the beer or in his system, and attending physicians agreed that he had died of sheer joy. <laughs> A diagnosis supported by the smile frozen on his lips. As the mass of people filed out of the gallery, many discussed in low voices the rumor of a shepherd in Chicago whose dog was said to have just unearthed the world's last bottle of Malort. <laughs> Thank you. You got your hair perm, you got that red dress on, screaming that second beer with such a ton on. And the fog falling on my window tells me that the morning's here and you'll be gone before too long. Taught you those new tricks Damn, I shouldn't stop that talk Cause life is one big question When you're staring at the clock And the answer's always waiting At the Holiday Club Forty ounces to freedom So I take that walk And I know that Oh, I'm not going back But I know which way the wind blow A 40 ounce of freedom, it's the only chance I have to feel good in 
even though I feel bad and I know that For the exciting conclusion of As the World Sighs. As the World This letter just arrived for you. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh. <laughs> that will be all. <laughs> hmm. Dear Fairchild, we've known each other for so long. Your heart has been aching, but you're too shy to say it. Inside, we both know what's been going on. We know the game, and we're going to play it. I, I don't understand. Wait. No! It, it couldn't be. It couldn't possibly be! Oh, oh no! Oh. Meanwhile, in Justin's apartment... Um, yeah, not like I care, but shello. Hey, Justin, it's Tasia. Who? Tasia Farrington. Who? Tasia, your ex-girlfriend Shay's sister who you've been dating for a week. Dating? Showcase. All right. Anyway, hey, girl, where you be? Look, Justin, there's yeah. something I have to tell you. I don't think we should see each other anymore. What ifs? No, I don't think you understand. Shay is totes mad at me for seeing you, and I... I just don't think I could do that to her. After all she's been through. Who is this again? It's Tasia, you ass oh, shit. Okay. I'm breaking up with you. All right, well, that's cool, dude. Hey, hey, my band, Helvetica. Ow, ow, 
much. That one hurt. Yeah, uh, we're playing this week, man. You want to meet afterwards to bone? No! Well, okay. Next time on... As the World Sighs. Will Tasia meet Justin to bone? Yeah, probs. <laughs> Will Shay's kind doula turn out to be not so kind? Yeah, probs. Will Mr. Farrington learn the identity of the writer of the mysterious letter? Yep, probs. <laughs> As the world. City Life Supplement. My wife and I just purchased our first home. While we love our little condo unit and the other owners in our small building, uh, well, you know, they, they really seem unfriendly thus far. Uh, no one has come to introduce themselves, and the few people I met in the hallway have been polite but cool towards us both. My wife thinks we need to make the effort to greet all of our new neighbors with some sort of uh, baked goods and uh, to make a good first impression. I think that as the new neighbors, it was their job to reach out to us and make us feel welcome, an opportunity which they've now blown. Who's right? Sincerely, new neighbor in Newark. If you have a problem or you're in a funk, the only way to fix it is to ask on drunk. Drunk 23-year-old is totally in love with a kind of distant guy named Brad that hasn't noticed that her friend Scott is in love with her, and he doesn't want to hear about motherfucking Brad anymore. Ask a drunk! Ask a drunk! Ask a Dear new neighbor in Newark. Oh my god, that's so many ends. Okay, so wait, listen. I called him. I called Brett, and but he wasn't there, or he didn't answer. But that's the thing about shh, listen, listen to my face, listen. Because that's the thing about Brett Is that sometimes he's like so like And then sometimes Oh my god, last week Did I tell you that last week He got me this body lotion from Victoria's Secret And it smelled so good I love Brett I love him And I know if when he I know he is going to figure out That I am the girl for him And it is not Jenny Saxton Because ew (laughs) And I just know That we are totally going to get married And we're going to have like 11 million babies Or like maybe even more Because I just I love him Oh oh my god (laughs) Sincerely, a drunk 23-year-old that's totally in love with this kind of distant guy named Brett and hasn't noticed that her friend Scott is in love with her. Wait, what? And doesn't want to hear about motherfucking Brett anymore. Wait, Scott, where are you going? You have my keys. (laughs) Drunk! We have helped no one tonight, unfortunately. We tried, we tried. Now, um, before the whole night gets away from us, we just have a couple of minutes to go here, so um, let's check in with our Foley artist and announcer, Chad Spear, everyone. Chad, Chad, Chad. Chad. 
Now, Chad, besides doing this, he's also um, a solo artist around in the Chicago theater scene, and he has a show running right now down at the Apollo Studio, I think, or something. So, Chad, just uh, plug it. Plug your show. Thanks, Matt. Running now through February at the Apollo Studio, you can see my one-man show, Butt-Cheek Beethoven, (laughs) where I slap out all of Beethoven's sonatas and his entire Ninth Symphony on my bare butt-cheeks. Time out, raved. What an asshole! (laughs) That... That, that that may that may be the best review yet. <laughs> that's, that's I think gonna, so. It was about your anus, but it was the best review. Still, I'm not going to come see that. At least <laughs> they were watching. <laughs> that's true. Hmm. Well, I guess that's the end of the show, unless somebody arrives. Oh, I called for it, and there it is. Gee, so I'm just going to walk over to the door, see if somebody's there, and I'm just going to take my hand and open it. Folks, now Rich is... Lost in the city! Oh, yeah, baby! <laughs> That's right. Now, Rick is from Wine- Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Rhinelander. Rhine- I tried. And he got himself lost in Chicago. How, how long ago was it, Rick? Uh, January of last year. <laughs> 2012 is yeah, when I got lost. Right before our very first show. That's exactly right. So this is like my anniversary of becoming a wandering nomadic mm. soul. Carried to and fro on the whistling winds of this vast, markless mm. desert. A philosopher king cast out of his own kingdom. Rick is trying to find the Red Roof Inn. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, where, where his correct. wife and children are still waiting for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Gotta, I got to okay. do that. I got to find my family. But Matt, you're not going to believe what I just saw. Oh, well, was it your wife and kids who you haven't seen in a year? No. Yeesh, cut me some slack, Matt. All right. Yes, it's been a year since I've seen my children and my wife. Yes, they're waiting for me at a bad hotel. I mean, come on, folks. Whose side are you on here? He's treating me like I killed somebody. If you guys want to hear my latest unbelievable crazy story, say, Rick! Rick! Oh, yeah, they hate you. Yeah, they do, but it's beside the point. Look, hey, hey, is that oh, is that a is that a Goose Island beer that you're drinking? Yes, sir. So, Matt, these brewers, they're chasing me on the catwalks. I'm jumping, swinging on pipes like I'm James Bond. Okay. They got me cornered, so I jump into a vat full of hot beer. Uh, oh, wait, Rick, Rick, wait a second. Who was chasing you? The, all the brewers from Goose Island. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, on... I'm on the brewery tour, and shit went sour. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Well, tell us what happens. Go ahead. Well, so I end up being a pallbearer for this fella's funeral. They were missing a guy, so I was sleeping in the graveyard, and I said, I'll lend you a hand. Right. So he says, thank you very much. Gives me a Groupon for the brewery tour. There's your contact, Well, Matt. that is part of storytelling, Rick. So as soon as I set foot in this place, this goose island, I can tell something ain't right. Mm. These guys making beer, Matt, they ain't brewers. All right, well, what do you mean by they're not brewers? They had these cute, trimmed little beards. I mean, that's not what a beard is for, man. I mean, what are they, women? <laughs> I mean, my mom trims her damn beard. Okay, settle down, settle down. 
And they got these cute little eyeglasses like, okay, pal, you're too cool to squint like the rest of us. <laughs> right, right. I get it. Right. You know, I mean, Rhinelander, you go to Rhinelander, you go to a brewery, you're lucky if those guys don't split you in two just for showing up. I mean, those are tough guys, <laughs> They man. sound tough. They yeah, sound oh, tough. they're very tough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, that's a different world where you come from, sir. No and kidding, That's man. not a reference. So anyways, I go on this brewery tour. I see these sissies stirring mm-hmm. the beers. I think one sip of this weak-ass apple juice isn't going to touch me. <laughs> so one of these keisters pours me a glass of this Père Jacques. The name of the beer is Père Jacques. Yeah, I've heard. I take a sip of this stuff. This is a good craft beer. <laughs> That's not a bad craft beer. No. So, you know, before you know it, I'm having a couple of these pair of Jacques. I'm playing a damn piano. Everybody's singing Frere Jacques with me, and I'm riding on a goddamn skateboard. <laughs> All right. You're, you're on a skateboard and playing the piano. Never mind. It sounds like you were the life of the party, Rick. Maybe too much. I had 19 of those pair of Jacques. And I was being a bad boy. <laughs> Going pee where you weren't supposed to again. Yes. yes. Getting into loud fights about a certain Green Bay football team. Yes. Yes. Oh, careful, careful, everyone, please. I keyed go pack into their cars, and then I made love to all their wives. (laughs) (laughs) There was none too pleased with this little rascal. Me, a bad boy. Uh, Yeah, I can imagine. You... So anyways, I'm nearly blacked out at this point, but I got my super strength, right? Mm. So they all got me surrounded, and they're menacing me with these long stirring poles like I'm a damn grizzly bear. Right. So they're about to charge and overwhelm me. I jump straight up in the air, like 30, 40 feet. Okay. I grab a pipe, and they all bonk into each other and fall down. You know, they're all cussing at me. They're pissed off. I'm just hanging from my pipe, from this pipe and laughing my butt off at all these goofballs. Yeah, well, I would be mad, too, at you, though, if I were them. Yeah, I probably would be mad, too. Yeah. I was being kind of mean. You were. <laughs> really mean. Anyway, they're chasing me all over the place. I dive into a vet full of barley, and I'm swimming around like I'm Scrooge the Duck Man. That's Scrooge. We know what, you're, we know what you mean. Go ahead. I'm laughing at these guys. They're getting mad. So they drain the vat into the oven to try to get me. They want to make me into a human beer. I doubt that. I doubt so that. I swim down, open the vent at the bottom, and all me and the green, we all get poured out into the basement with the giant goose. <laughs> Excuse me, what, what? They don't show her off because she smells so bad. She's a 60-foot tall goose. <laughs> Rick, what the hell are you talking about? The goose, Matt. Um, so I know what you said. I know the words that you said, but you're telling me that there is a giant goose that lives in the basement of Goose Island Brewery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's how they get their beer to taste so eggy. <laughs> she lays these beautiful 600-pound eggs, oh. and they put her to sleep with this gas, and then they creep in, and they take the eggs out of her nest. This is the weirdest story you've told yet. Well, anyways, I'm soaked in beer. She can smell all the eggs on me, so she ticks me in as one of her own. <laughs> <laughs> what? what the hell is going on with Rick? She wraps her wing around me. She cuddles me close in her soft down. I've lived with this beautiful goose. <laughs> For 12 days and nights, we're snuggling. We're honking. We're watching Fly Away Home. <laughs> I mean, this is a cool goose, man. <laughs> yeah, that is. I have to admit, Rick, Rick, I am really not sure what to make of this Dude, one. Matt, she's 150 years old. <laughs> the pilgrims, they trapped her on Goose Island because she was eating all their corn. Rick, please stop me telling me. 
I hopped on her back and we busted out. Matt, we gotta find a place to stay. We're oh. gonna build a life together, man. Oh, no. Let us stay at your place, Matt. Come on. No, Rick. Let us crash. Rick, you, you want me to let you and an ancient goose yes. stay at my house. Rick, this is not a very good arrangement. Please, man. Have a please. child on the way. All right, all right, all right. Well, we'll see what we can do. Maybe we can move oh. the couch into the dining room. I don't know. <laughs> what a guy. You're the best, yeah. man. She's up on the roof. I'm going to go let her know. Uh, okay. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Thank right. you, Matt, so much from the bottom right. of my heart. <laughs> and thank you, City Life. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Now, Kim, Kim, I hope. I hope that you're not mad that I told him it was okay. He's in a tough spot. And he's insane. Okay, anyway. What have we learned tonight, folks? Um, that gooses like it when you tickle them. (laughs) Besides that one. uh, We also learned to absolutely never ask a drunk person for advice. We found what a T-fob means, unfortunately. Sorry. We learned that drinking alcohol, this low-grade poison that we've been drinking all night, is so ingrained into the way we socialize that when you don't drink, people wonder why. Sometimes the answer is you're a dork. And sometimes the answer is that Matt's boys can swim. Good night. Drive safe. I love you all. Tip your weight staff. all been done before. I don't need this guitar no more. We're all just music whores. But I'm about If you were looking for something new, I got some mighty fine news for you. The world is what it is, and we're all screwed. Never gonna make it big. Even if we do play another holiday club gigs, maybe on March 2nd. Record people just ain't my type. They only like you if you draw a million every night. Or I imagine, I'm not sure what it is really. It ain't about how cute you are Or even how well you play the piano It's all about the business What a goddamn shame Well, Eric Our show here's just about done But Matt Kim's life, well, it just begun. And 
And if we have one thing to say It's have a good time every day Cause either way It's another day lost Woo! City Life Supplement Good night everybody